Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. Welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated, Exploring Mind and Body. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for tuning in, being a part of our True Form Life community, whether you're listening on terrestrial radio across the country or as a podcast around the world. We certainly wouldn't be here without you. Today we have Liz on and she's going to be talking about meditation, the power of meditation, life-changing meditation. I got to tell you, she's been doing this for a long time. She's an author of three different books and she's got all kinds of tips and takeaways coming at you. So I know it's a challenging time for a lot of people. Regardless, I think that you know what time it is, if you're listening to this months later, currently years later, there's definitely benefits through meditation we've had different guests on the show in the past talk about it we've had we're going to have liz on today she's going to give you different ideas on her mindset and her perspective and what she's been able to find through herself and through her clients and customers so hopefully that gives you something to think about especially if there's anxiety in your life if there's a lot of stress coming up this is something that we can definitely pay attention to or use as a tool in our toolbox. And regardless of your thoughts around the word meditation, Liz is going to mention that we can call it whatever we want. It doesn't really matter. I think that the word sometimes scares people away, but the world is also changing in, in many different ways. And I think for the better. So this is something you, you want to try. Or if you're looking to find some benefits from meditation, this show can definitely help. So sit back and enjoy. We got all that coming up on... This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. All right, welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated, Exploring Mind and Body. You heard all about Liz in the introduction, so without further ado, welcome to the show, Liz. Thank you, Drew. I'm very happy to be here. I'm excited to have you on the show as well. Thank you for being here again. I would love to hear more about you. We did talk about you briefly in the interview in the intro here, but could you tell us about who you are, what you do, maybe how you got into it? Sure. Um, well, I'm a longtime uh, meditator and teacher of meditation. I'm uh, vice president of a, the Lens Foundation, which actually gives grants to really wonderful socially active uh, Buddhist groups. I also write. I am the author of several books, and I enjoy just meditating and sharing perceptions that I've had from a lot of experience in different uh, careers, which include journalism, public relations, technology, and for a while I even lived in New Zealand as a communications manager. So I've had a lot of different uh, points of view of different types of experiences. So what were you doing before you got into this? Before I became an author, I honestly was mostly doing the world of technology I did that on Wall Street, and I used to manage very complex, crazy projects that always seemed to be on the verge of falling apart. And um, I was told by my boss I was one of the few people that ever could deliver a project. They're very complex. Wow. 
That's cool. So did you, where are you now? What, where are you located? Right now, okay, right now I'm in, I live near Palo Alto, California, and I have really moved around a lot. It's been one of the stories of my life because I seem to not have set down roots in one place. But I grew up in Southern California. I was born in Canada. I was born in Montreal. And my family moved to um, Southern California, Beverly Hills, because my uncle found a place for us there when I was seven. And I think, I don't know, you may find that from time to time you're going to hear a Canadian accent out of me because <laughs> people tell me there's words I say like about, something about a few more words that they say, hey, wait a minute, that's a Canadian accent. <laughs> and uh, yeah. They catch me on a few things. So it was interesting. I, I never really, you're so young at that age, you don't really notice. But I feel like I'm glad to know that I was born in Canada, just in case I ever have to move back there. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. Well, I was in LA and uh, I split time between Alberta, Canada and LA. I'm not sure if you knew that. But right before all this hit things were getting worse and worse in california and i was like canada sounds a whole lot safer at this point in time so i jumped on a plane and i came back up here <laughs> oh you were so smart and i was actually before i moved up here i was in la i was living in an apartment in marina del rey which is sort of near the airport there and i'm i have to say i mean it was lovely but it, i think it would have been so much rougher and now i'm in a more open area and i feel like it is really um to have a perspective in what is happening now at the same time of course i think we all have our role in what's happening and i think there's a role for also keeping equanimity and and being able to meditate and deepen your practice is is another really positive thing at this time Yes, I'd love to talk about that. I got to tell you real quick, I was in, uh, uh, we have a place in Redondo Beach. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I know, I know Marina Del Rey, we're neighbors, so just about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, you know, that whole lifestyle there is very, very beachy, very casual. Yes, I love very, it. Very, um, you know, Los Angeles people just so attached to their outdoor lifestyle and a casual life. And it's an interesting place. I'm glad I was there for two years. Now I'm here. <laughs> Northern Cal. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so right, I suppose right now, well, why don't we talk about meditation in general here? What, what is your philosophy? We've had some guests on in the past talk about meditation. Everyone has their own perspective of their own right. way of seeing it and explaining it. What is it for you? For me, it is a way to uh, actually stop that. I've been doing this a long time, and it does take a while to learn to meditate well because you're learning to focus. I believe that there isn't one right way to meditate. And if anyone says there's only one right way, I think they're completely deluded. They're in a state of delusion. Um, but there are different ways. I, I have a practice which is um, folk, uh, is still, all, all meditation is usually to focus on one object with the idea that if you can keep your mind still on one thing, you can then move into stillness. So my practice for me right now actually is a lot about stillness because over quite a long time, I've developed the ability to hone my mind and go into states of stillness, which are not just stillness. So it's not passive. It's very delightful. It's very filled with these beautiful feelings of, of uh, kindness and compassion and bliss. And this is the, so in other words, the stillness is a start. It's not, it's not a passive end. It's a start of higher awareness that we all have inside of ourselves. 
it's not exclusive to me, <laughs> that's for sure. So, um, so I'm very in favor. I think everyone should learn to meditate. And I think if you have a problem with the word meditation, call it, you know, hot dogs. I don't care. <laughs> I call it, you know, tide pods. Call it whatever you want. Just sit down and say, now I'm going to focus my attention on one thing intensely. The way I like to meditate, everyone is, uh, again, there's different ways, but I meditate uh, a method that is called chakra meditation. And chakras, chakra, C-H-A-K-R-A, is a energy center that is in your body. It's a Sanskrit word. And if you've been to yoga, you probably encountered this idea before. The idea is that there are seven energy centers along the spine. And um, the way it goes is that there's there there are seven, but the ones I actually focus on in meditation is just below the belly button. There's a area that's your power center. So when I meditate, I close my eyes and I focus my attention. Right, sometimes I touch just below the belly button. I focus my attention there and I try to be very still. And I'm going to teach the whole thing right now on your show. I picture a very beautiful yellow orb of light right there. And I focus as intently as I can. And then after about three minutes of doing that, maybe four minutes, I raise my awareness right to the center of my chest. If you say me and point to yourself, you can go right there to the center of your chest. And I picture a beautiful blue orb of light. And I focus there as intently as I can. Try to have no other thought in the mind. And I do that for three or four minutes. And then I raise my awareness right to the middle of the forehead. And right there I picture an orb of white light, pulsating, beautiful white light. And I focus for several minutes. And then at the end of my meditation practice, I just very quietly take a few breaths, before I open my eyes again, and I sometimes just feel gratitude, and then I end my meditation. Now, you can take longer times to focus on those energy centers or chakras that will extend the length of time of your practice. Of course, you want to sit up straight. You don't want to do this lying down, and you usually will do this before you eat, before a meal. This is a really high, beautiful way to meditate. This is how I meditate, and Meditation, again, it means that you're learning a new muscle. So if you're going to learn a new sport, if you're going to learn basketball, you're not going to start by being, you're not going to be a brilliant basketball player your first dribble out the door. It takes time. And I remember when I first learned to meditate, which was when I was 19, I took about, I just took it on faith. I wanted it to work. I said, I'm going to do this. And I meditated twice a day for about two weeks without feeling any change whatsoever. And then after about two weeks, I remember I was just walking along with some friends and all of a sudden, I just felt this sort of bubble. It was like this bubble of energy coming up inside of me that was happy. It was happier than I had been feeling before. It was a sense of something deeper. And once I felt that, I knew it was from meditation. and. So I would urge everyone who started, don't give up because you don't get results day one or even day 10. Give it a couple of weeks and it's okay to learn different methods. 
it's all about stilling your mind. It's all. It's always going to be about focus, focus, focus. Because if you focus, get to that point, then you can get, then you can let go into stillness. And once you're in the state of stillness, that's like a beginning. That's where this canvas of beautiful, higher, happy, gorgeous emotions are all inside you. It's who you already are. It's like the un the the clear un un unstained part of your being that has just been accumulating stuff since you were born. So you can get back to a beautiful state of awareness and you can do it now in self-isolation or not, wherever you happen to be. Well, how often do you meditate? I meditate t typically twice a day. Now maybe sometimes three times a day, but definitely always twice a day, before breakfast and before dinner. And for how long? I meditate for at least 30 minutes, some usually 45 minutes. Okay, very interesting. I, I like to meditate as well. I feel like there's so much more of everything. <laughs> it's <laughs> which, true. Which sounds funny, but a lot of times people say, well, I don't have time to meditate. What do you, what do, you tell your clients or customers? Uh, okay, or? I say the best way to get started is to wake up 20 minutes earlier. First of all, only start with 15 to 20 minutes. You don't need more than that in the beginning. So let's say you're accustomed to getting up work schedule or currently just set yourself 20 minutes before your normal time. And because once the day starts, it is really hard. Okay, I get it. It's hard to get back to it. Especially if you uh, you know, read email, <laughs> open your phone, anything you do like that, that's it. You know that you're hosed, you're, you're gone. So just sit up. What I do is I get up. I, I do get out of bed. I wash my face. I just get alert enough, but then I scoot right back. Um, I usually sit up in my bed for the morning meditation. I sit up straight and um, even my barking dogs know that not to bother me. I know they're just hey, she's meditating, and I set aside that time, and that is one time you can grab for yourself because officially you're not up yet. You, you, you carve that time. Then later in the day, sometimes, yes, it can get hard to find it, but uh, we usually all have some downtime somewhere, so you don't have to be rigid about it. You might just find, I am just going to sit to meditate. Why would you do that? Because... It's it as you just said. It's it nurtures every part of your being. So, if you want to get back into the state of equanimity, you meditate and forget about it. Don't worry if you had thoughts or not thoughts. I don't recommend indulging in anger if you're meditating. I'd say open your eyes and cut that out. But other than that, just meditate the best you can, and then come up because it works automatically. What are some of the benefits that you've found or that you've heard from maybe people that have read your books or people that you've worked with? I have found that everyone I know who meditates considers it life-changing. They consider it foundational. They consider it things like, well, people I know who meditate have been able to accomplish things that they couldn't before because they find that fear drops away to a large extent. Uh, their self-confidence just naturally increases, which makes sense because you have a deeper sense of yourself. So, of course, you have more self-confidence. Their intuition increases. Now, that means whether you're in business or you're a parent or whatever your story is, you can actually see with clearer insight 
into some issues other people are having. Sometimes they're a business issue. Some of the most successful business people I know meditate because they discovered that they're, they can actually do better at their job. And I would also say, if you're in a situation where you're looking for a job, if you meditate, you have an energy around you. It's more calm. It's more centered. And I have had people tell me that there were six people, you know, in the room waiting. They got, but they got the job. And they felt like it was because they meditated. And they could project this much more positive feeling toward their in, the person interviewing them. And they were also more centered and able to answer questions. If you, you name it, Drew. I think meditation is going to help anybody, whether it's sports. And I also think they're teaching children now in school mindfulness, which is just about centering yourself and stopping the world a little bit, right wherever you are in the middle of the day, just taking a snapshot and stepping back. That's usually just a breath in and breath out and being aware. Yeah, that's interesting that you said that everyone that you know that meditates has been life-changing in one way or another. And like, it's true, like everyone I've talked to, and they're in the same boat. So it's interesting that more people don't because <laughs> we know that it's going to change your life in one way or another. So um, to just to make the time and make that part of your lifestyle, I think could see so many benefits in your life. I'm interested to, I've, I've done a little bit of work with monks myself. I'm interested to know what your connection is, um, what you, to, your connection to them. Well, monks, people who have decided to be monks in a retreat format or just, you know, seclusion format are, are people who are certainly commit they they've obviously made a commitment in their life to try to deepen their practice and usually to help other people the the tibetan monasteries which in the traditional ones it's interesting the monks were taught math they were taught debate they were taught numerous ways to truly sharpen their mind and in the practice that i the Buddhist teacher that I studied with, whose name was Rama, Dr. Frederick Linz, he advised a lot of people to go into computer science. He loved all the STEM fields or any intellectually challenging field because he felt that it sharpened your mind to be able to meditate better. So monks are, you know, one aspect. And for those that are drawn, there still are some really uh, wonderful monasteries, but you don't have to be a monk in a classic sense. I was actually ordained as a Buddhist monk, but what that means is that in my life, which is very much in the world, it means that I'm a seeker. It means that I'm seeking higher states of awareness, and I'm and I love to meditate. That's honestly the definition of a monk in the broadest sense. It's a kind of a commitment to here's the path. Now stay on the path and find all different ways to achieve. Because remember, there's many different ways to to be a meditator in your life. Have you been to any other countries that practice Buddhism on a bit more regular basis, basis than in North America? Um, yeah, I've, I've traveled all over the world, and I've certainly been to India, which has a large Buddhist population. And wherever I've been, I have found people who have a kind of Buddhist persuasion 
you know, and so the answer is yes, I have been to other countries and it is also true I also don't want to claim meditation for Buddhism because <laughs> that would be not true. Um, it's meditation is universal. And when I, I've also, before I started with my current study, I was with another teacher who was probably much more Hindu in approach and brought a lot of people in the West to meditation. And there again, it was all over the world travel with the notion that one thing we all had in common was that we meditated. So whether it's in India or Switzerland or Nepal, you can find people who don't meditate too well, but they might even have robes on, they might have... They're, you know, different things. They may just have read a lot of books. But what I believe is that what is foundational is that you practice your meditation and that you actually, during that 20 minutes you're sitting there, you're commit to it. You just say, hey, I'm going to give this my best shot. And then when you leave meditation, you're open to the change and the growth and the transformation it brings. That is, to me, what it's all about the boo the b word is it may or may not be present you how many books have you written i have written three books now um i've written one called american buddhist rebel i wrote one recently i've published two books women meditation and power and the power of the loving man so those the women meditation and power and then the power of the loving man two different audiences there? You're speaking to two different types of people? Um, the I would say American Buddhist Rebel, which is the biography, actually, of Rama. Frederick Lenz is just, I think anybody who loves biography would love it because it's an adventure story. It, it won four literary awards by people who just loved the book. <laughs> and um, But the ones, the recent ones, yeah, Women, Meditation, Power, and The Power of the Loving Man, they're complementary. They have... Uh, they they assert that the highest spiritual quality of woman is power and the highest spiritual quality of men is loving kindness. And both those qualities have been equally repressed. So that when you grow up as a man, probably your loving kindness was very sweet and present there until you were age six or seven. And I know from interviewing a lot of men, about 70 men, that there came a point where this was just kicked, pretty much kicked out of you, most men. And they found that they couldn't even display those qualities. A lot of them just dropped them as those, the quality of love and kindness as being useless to them in their social world. Or even um, the more they showed it, they actually, men were telling me they felt they feared physical violence. Women have this innate power, which I say, look at nature. Look at what power is. Power in nature is fluidity and change and movement. And that's how we generate power these days. So if you look at, you know, a windmill that's a wind, a power generating device, it generates power when wind turns the blades of the windmill. It's movement that causes the generation of power. It's, it's in fact, everyone who's into that world 
is just looking for new ways they can capture energy and power by movement, whether it's the movement of the sun's rays pinging off a panel. Nuclear power is, fish, is, is based on fission, splitting an atom. There's a huge power or energy released. That's the uh, energy that's in, internal. It comes baked into the female uh, body or energy body. It moves very quickly. And that was a teaching I also heard years ago from a Buddhist teacher. And he said women are more powerful because life force moves more quickly through them. In fact, I remember once someone said, what's the difference between a man and a woman? And he said women are more powerful. The fact that women have been repressed in history for the last five millennia or so, their power has been repressed, they have been denied. Let's face it, you know, if you look at history at all, and it's not that different today in many countries, you still feel a, there's still a tremendous suppression of the ability of women to lead and be present in very powerful situations. And unfortunately, that has caused a great imbalance in the planet. Drew, I think that part of what we're seeing in tremendous uh, things way, way, way out of synchrony is that you have all over the world today still primarily leadership by men who aren't really built to handle change and fluidity and movement as well as women. And that's what you see in this state of, when if you think power is control and domination, that's very slow and it's not very intuitive and it's not very wise and it's certainly not compassionate. <laughs> so um, what we need and have here is a situation which is really what I'm leading toward in the books, that women need to develop their power level to an extent that is greater than they probably imagined and men need to get back to their loving kindness that was knocked out of them. They have to remember what were they like when they were five or six years old and they were filled with love and sweetness and they have to be able to show it. Women have to be able to show their power without having to feel that they have to knock it down a few levels or 20 levels to be socially acceptable. All right, Liz, we do have to wrap things up here, but I was wondering if there was anything that we missed that you wanted to cover before we move on to the next stage. You know, I think if people meditate, honestly, meditation brings you to a place inside yourself that has a knowledge of power and love and kindness. And I think that these points I just made in this last part will become more evident and not exactly like huge leaps. There'll be more like intuitive moves. So I think that would be the only thing I'd want to conclude with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, without question. I, I agree 100%. Liz, if anyone wants to find out more details about yourself, your books, if they, if they can maybe reach out to you for anything, how would they contact you? I have a website and it has a contact page and all the information about my books. It's www.lizlewinson.com. Perfect. And then, okay, that, that's great. I think any, everyone can find out all the details there. We'll link that into the show notes as well. So if anyone wants to find out more details, they could find it there if they stumble upon our show. But thank you so much, Liz, for coming on and sharing your insights with us. I really enjoyed this. Thanks, Drew. It was really lovely to talk to you. I hope everybody in your Canadian world is doing well. 
All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. Thank you for sticking around till the end. I hope you got something out of that interview. All of these interviews we put together, we got guests, expert guests from around the world. Most of them have been studying these different topics their entire lives or they found profound changes in their life, which is why they've dedicated themselves all their time and effort. Sometimes I think about that. <laughs> I think about experts that have found challenges in their life, which in most cases, that's why people start their craft, whatever it may be. And then they dedicate their lives to teaching other people about this practice, whatever it may be. In this case, it's meditation. But I just think that I'm so grateful I get a chance to talk with these individuals and share their information because they've done years of research and living certain ways. And they share that with a community and they share that with an audience. And we get a chance to portray that or project that outward so the world can hear. But... I mean, there's there's so many t- different tips and takeaways, and there's different perspectives around meditation. So you can use whatever works for you, whether it's prayer or breathing exercises or it's yoga, regardless of what you're doing. Many times we're doing different forms of meditation throughout the day. We don't even know it. So hopefully this gave you some ideas. You can definitely check out Liz. She dropped her website, and she's on social media. We're connecting on Facebook and Instagram. Often I'll bring on guests to Facebook Live or Instagram Live. So we're on Facebook.com slash TrueFormLife if you want to check out any of our information that goes up there. And then we're also on Instagram.com slash DrewTadia. Again, we put up stuff on our stories. We help promote the show. We tell you what guest is coming up next. So that's a good way to follow along there to see what we have going on. Thank you so much for being here. So much appreciate your time. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host. Drew Taddea in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Taddea, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Taddea, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.